2020 was as tricky for you as it was for the rest of the planet, you could probably use a few extra bucks in 2021. Unless you're going to go hit up the local fast food joint for a part-time job, maybe a side hustle is something that you want to think about, like your own business. So how do you choose that side hustle? Get familiar with your skills. I have a brand new side hustle skills assessment workbook just for you so you can pinpoint the specific talents you possess that make you unique from everyone else. This assessment workbook will also help you develop ideas for side hustle gigs you didn't even know existed so you can pursue a small business that aligns with your strength and will come naturally to you. Go to chrismcpeak.com and grab your Side Hustle Skills Assessment Workbook today. Now it's time for this week's episode. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 Podcast the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy. Or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, dairy-free, karaoke-crazy, future 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Elevate Your 8 podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and today we're talking about jobs, jobs, jobs. My guest is Claudia Miller, who is a Chicago-based career coach. And Claudia, thank you so much for popping on the show today. Thanks for having me, Chris. I Let's go back to the beginning. Um, let's start a little bit with your origin story. Um, you know, let's do your education. How did you come to want to be a career coach and um, what kind of clients do you work with? Yeah. So I, you know, went to UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago, and got my bachelor's in economics and sociology. And then afterwards I got my master's in public health policy and administration. So, um, you know, my background uh, career wise and personally, you know, I started as a licensed financial rep um, where I can sell stocks and bonds and life insurance. And then I decided to go back to grad school. Um, I am a Gates Millennium recipient. So Bill and Melinda Gates paid for my entire schooling as a full ride scholarship. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) And they, they only gave you a year off between bachelor's and your master's. So I decided to go back to school and got my master's in public health. And I worked on the university side as a business manager. And then once I graduated, went into the hospital setting and started working there as a quality specialist. Okay, cool. So then where did the whole career coach thing come from? So I've always considered myself as a driven professional. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've always been like a straight A student, national honor roll, been very involved. I paid my dues. And I felt like, you know, I did everything by the book, but I still found myself, you know, barely. I mean, I, when I was a licensed financial rep, I was making like 32,000 while my peers are making maybe 40, 50,000. And I just couldn't understand what was I doing wrong. And, you know, I started really heavily investing in myself. I said, you know, 
who are these people that are getting promoted? Who are these people getting featured in Business Insider with, you know, big salary increases and all these things? So I started reaching out to them. And I just came to the conclusion that, you know, they didn't come from an Ivy League background. They didn't have like networks and connections. Um, it, there was nothing really different from them and I that made that made us different. So that right. gave me kind of that hope, like, okay, I can do this myself. I just need to learn that. How can I get there? And through, through my investments, years of like working with career coaches and resume writers, um, professional personal development, investing myself heavily over ten to $15,000 worth of, you know, investments that I've done. I finally started getting those results. I started getting those $30,000 salary increases and getting handpicked by the CEO for special projects. And I finally uh-huh. was able to achieve those results. So you did, it sounds to me like you did what a lot of people out there don't actually think about doing. And that's expanding your network by reaching out to people who are essentially doing the kind of work or getting the kind of results that you want to get. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I'm actually working with two people right now who I've kind of told them about this, this concept. And if someone were to try to expand their network in that way, how would you recommend that they get started? focusing on what they want or what are they trying to look for? Now, there's some people that they just say, I just don't know how to increase my circle, my bubble. Well, I would just recommend to start reading blogs. I mean, there's email lists, Uh, blogs or books, um, Think and Grow Rich and, you know, other books like Grit, How to Build Grit. And, you know, if you're trying to, if you're a business owner, you're trying to sales and marketing, read books about sales and really start expanding on them. Start following those authors on LinkedIn. Uh I've, um, I read this book, how to negotiate anything. And I reached out to the author by email and I said, Hey, by the way, I loved your book. I found it very interesting. I applied some of the methodology and I was able to get a $30,000 salary increase along with other information that I've learned. Um, I just wanted to say, thank you. And the author responded back. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. So, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that those folks love hearing from people who have benefited from their work. So it's, I mean, it's kind of an ego booster, but at the same time, like, I think if you, if you approach those types of contacts in a way that I don't want something from you, I want to learn something from you. And I think, I, I mean, I know I would be thrilled if somebody <laughs> read my book and said, I love what you wrote. And you know, tell me more about this. Like I would be all over that. Um, okay. So it's 2021. Lots of people may be thinking, um, okay, this is the year I'm going to change careers, or this is the year I'm going to ask for a promotion or for people that might've been laid off or furloughed, you know, during pandemic. And now maybe they have a chance to go back to work. Let's start with some, some tips and ideas on how people can sort of get reestablished in their, in their work. Yeah. So there's different recommendations I have, depending on whether you're currently working or looking to get promoted or okay. get a salary increase internally, um, as well as you're a job seeker. So I'll start with a job seeker. Uh, one of the things I always tell clients and potential clients is always prepare, always put in the work. Yeah. That means with resume writing, you know, one of like a good pulse indicator would be if you are not getting at least one or two interviews for every 10 jobs that you're applying to, you need help with your resume. So it doesn't matter if you're sending or applying to 300 jobs and you're only getting three to four interviews, 
it's your resume right now. You're losing, you're leaving interviews on the table and you either need to work with a resume writer or learn how to really optimize your resume because you don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again and getting very little results. More than likely their resume is not getting past the ATS system or just going into a black hole. Their resume isn't being seen by a person or it's just not standing out that maybe it'll be part of the top 10, 15 resumes from that pile, but it's very generic, maybe cliche, maybe task oriented, doesn't really connect the dots. And that resume just gets tossed out and never comes in for interviews. So that would be my recommendation as a first step. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's dig into that resume thing for a little bit. So what what do you recommend people do to make a resume stronger or how can somebody make their resume stand out? It has to be intentional. Okay. So on average, a person spends anywhere between six to eight seconds on your resume. So one of the things that yes, that's it. And that's usually at a first glance, that'll say, okay, I have a pile of 10 to 15 resumes. And of course there's people, there's those outliers that will spend more time, but on average, I mean, on average people are hiring for on, I was reading like recruiters and HR people read, they're hiring for anywhere between 70 to 80 positions. Mm -hmm. And that can be admin operations, it sales, marketing, and everything in between. So they are just overwhelmed and bombarded. That's a job for them as well. So how can they make it easier? They rely heavily on their ATS computer system. And they'll pull like the top 10, 15 resumes, like I mentioned, and they'll quickly glance through it. And you always want to make it easy for them to read through it. So I have clients where maybe they want this nice, fancy resume with graphs and pictures, and there's three different columns. And honestly, even as a reader, I'm like, where do I even start? Where do I focus on? You're using, you're losing that time with them mm-hmm. trying to figure out or acclimate themselves of where everything is located. Yeah. That's I, Oh, like that's I, a really nice outfit, but like, what can you do really? <laughs> exactly. So I try to be very intentional, intentional with the resume. So always have a summary portion where you connect the dots. That should be a quick snapshot of who you are. That alone should be able to get you the interview because if they don't read anything uh. else, that should be it. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I, I, cause I've worked in higher education my whole life. So in some cases people have said like, don't use the career objective or the summary statement because people don't, people in higher ed don't want to know that. Um, but then when I made the switch from working in college housing to working in advancement, I did, I completely retooled everything. So it didn't look so much like a housing resume. It yep. looked like a management resume. And I did write that career objective. And I found that it definitely, um, like you were saying, connected the dots. And I liked the way it made my resume sound like, here's a little bit of a narrative about who I am and, and what I stand for. Um, so yeah, now I think those types of things are fun to write because you get to be a little bit creative and figure out, okay, how am I different from everybody else that's applying for this job? Yep. And that's a great, Chris, because a lot of people try to focus on, okay, let me, you know, I know how to do this as a marketer, for example. um, I am very good with like digital marketing and traditional marketing. And, you know, as a reader, as a hiring manager, I'm like, well, I hope so you're applying for a management role, but why should I choose you from like the 300 applicants I just received? What is so different about you? What can you bring for me? Yeah. I feel like most people focus on tasks as opposed to, hey, I can um, optimize processes and you know improve time in order to create more qualified leads and in, in essence, be able to um, 
impact or influence almost like millions of dollars in sales pipeline. For example, I uh-huh. worked with this project where uh, we were creating a new product or service. I created the marketing and this generated over 5,000 leads a year. And on average, um, that equates to around $3 million for the company annually. So that's okay. that's almost something that I think, like I, I would have previously thought that that would be covered in an interview, but you're saying no, like you want to m- make those examples very clear on the page so that they can see it and, and go, okay, this is kind of what I'm looking for. I want to know more about this person. So I'm going to move them over to this pile. Yes. Is, is so that, okay. Yeah. It's like a hook. It's almost saying like, I'm only going to tell you enough, but I'm not going to tell you how I did it. You're going to have yeah. to bring me to the interview in order to figure that out. Okay. And it's almost like storytelling <laughs> yeah. and like a, like a mystery book. And you're like, you're not going to find out who is the killer or who did it <laughs> until you bring me to the interview. <laughs> interview is the dessert and you only get dessert if you come to the interview. Um, yeah. So you started to, and you didn't come right out and say this, but I noticed you used them. You use these fantastic resume action verbs um, that sort of illustrate that there's, there's movement. There's an actual thing being done as opposed to just saying, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, I held meetings. Like, okay. That's, you know, but I facilitated discussions for sales team. Like that's something mm-hmm. that's is a little more actionable. Um, so do, do you, how would you recommend that somebody choose the proper verb for a particular quality or experience that they have? Yeah. I mean, it's different. One thing I would recommend is not to mention the same verb over and over. Oh, yeah. You say manages this, manages this, develop this, develops if you already use manage, don't use manage anymore. Manage, yeah. create, develop, lead, facilitate, spearhead, you know, uh, pioneer or oh, launched. <laughs> I like those are different. And I like implemented. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I like those two, but you're right. You know, when you use them once, it's like, okay, don't go back and use that one again. Find a new one. Get, exactly. get very chummy with your thesaurus. Um, and then earlier too, you referenced ATS. So for someone that does not know specifically what that is, let's mm-hmm. kick that around a little bit. Yep. ATS stands for Applicant Tracking System. So when you're applying to jobs online, it's just an algorithm where it scans, It you have the job description and maybe the person who posted the job maybe has additional keywords in the back end. And when people apply through online, it'll just scan. The more keywords they have, the higher score they get. And it's almost like a grade in school. 100 means you got the perfect score. Uh, 50, you there was a lot of stuff you didn't get right or you you missed. So once it starts giving you a score, it starts ranking all the candidates. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is pre-COVID stats, but on average for every job posting out there, of course, not including the Google, Facebooks and the big companies, just an average company um, gets 250 applicants. So let's just say I'm applying online. That means I'm competing with 249 other people the ATS system will start tracking from like the first top candidate to the bottom 250th candidate. Okay. So when, mm-hmm. so it ranks people. And then once it's time to start the interview process, whoever's managing that will go into the ATS system and they'll say, all right, I'm going to grab the top 10 or 15 scoring candidates and then quickly glance through their resumes for four to six seconds. And then once I have my pile of five candidates, I want to start interviewing. Those will be the people I start bringing in for interviews and the process begins. Got it. So if I'm looking to, I'm, so I'm, I'm very specifically looking to move from one field to another field and everything's online now. So, uh, how can I quite possibly 
hack, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, how can I, how can I improve my document to ensure that my resume will make it beyond through the system? Um, how do I figure out the keywords? How do I navigate that process? So great tool. It's a free tool. And I like to use this with my clients. It's called job scan. Ah. And if you sign up through LinkedIn, it gives you up to 15 passes a month. So you can type in the job description. And of course, don't include anything like we're a great company that has nothing to do <laughs> with the job that you need to do. We, we, we want to focus on your responsibilities. What are they yeah. looking for? Type the job description and then type your resume. And then it'll give you a score and set. And it tells you here are the keywords you have. Here's what you're missing. We have predictive analytics. Here's what we think they're going to be asking. They may be yeah. typing those keywords behind the scenes and it's nowhere posted in the job description. So that's a good way to kind of start auditing your resume for every job. And then I would also use those keywords to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Okay. Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's switch gears to LinkedIn too, because that's still a little bit of a mystery to me. Um, <laughs> and I know like I, I go in there, I, I know some of the things that I, that I want to post that I want to share, but if somebody were looking to hire me to do a time management seminar for them, like how could I optimize my profile? Like you're, like you're saying mm-hmm. to ensure that people see that when they see my profile. So as your headline, you should position you as how you want to be seen. So that becomes part of your brand story. Do you want to be seen as a time management specialist, time management leader? I would put on your LinkedIn time management leader, um, sought after, you know, top brands nationally, um, specifically within cybersecurity and SaaS companies really quick, because when they're looking for time management, your profile will come up, but also you don't want to just say time management leader and speaker, right? That's not enough. You want to cap, you want to say something that's going to captivate them. It's again, it's almost like a hook and saying, Hey, I'm a time management leader. You have that keyword, but now all of a sudden I'm a cybersecurity company. And you're saying you worked with top global brands, specifically cybersecurity. That happens to be mine. I'm probably going to click on your profile and see what else is in there. Yeah. And in your about section, you can add like some like check, check mark emojis just because it's so text heavy, yeah. just something to kind of alleviate from that text. And then just top, talk about maybe your top accomplishments. That's if like, it's a recruiter coming from an outside, they have yet to see your resume. They can quickly glance at your um, top accomplishments under your experience sections. Same thing. Talk about I mean, with my clients, uh, we just have copy and paste a lot of that resume part of it uh, because it reflects on the resume itself. And on average, I was reading the stats, it's somewhere around 80 something percent. People are, tend to lie on their resumes. Oh, God. So really? when, yeah. So when hiring managers or recruiters are looking at the resume and there's a huge discrepancy with what's on LinkedIn, which is public, right. then it comes to mind how how honest are you being on this resume that it doesn't reflect on your LinkedIn? And yeah. why is there, I mean, if you don't mention specific companies, maybe because you signed an NDA, they understand that maybe in your resume, you say I increase sales by 5 million, but in the LinkedIn, it says I increase sales by, um, by multi-million or increase sales or was able to land multi-million dollar deals. Yeah. They can understand that if, especially if it's your current company, because you don't want to disclose that information and have your competitors read it. 
but otherwise you want to make sure it's tight and to the point you're able to say your top accomplishments. And if you've been featured, um, you know, whether it's your work or your company and you're a part of that group, discuss that. And on the skills and certification section, that's where you want to add a lot of those keywords from job scan, um, which is ATS friendly because LinkedIn does have a layer of ATS system embedded ah, into it. Okay. So is it safe to say then from, from your experience that, um, that employers are going to peek in on your LinkedIn profile maybe before they before they interview, book you for an interview or after they've interviewed you. Yeah. And they, they can actually see your profile without you knowing about it. <laughs> so yeah, I I yeah. wondered that because I don't I don't have the premium feature, but I it does say that someone it'll say like so someone looked at your profile and okay, mm-hmm. okay well I don't know who that was, who was it? But it's it oh somebody checked me out. That's kind of fun. Um but uh, I suppose if you were in a job search and you suddenly were getting a lot of notifications about that, that would be an indicator like, okay, I need to make sure that this is that I'm representing who I really am and the things I can do in this, um, in this profile of mine. Yeah. So recruiters, um, they have recruiter light. And again, like I said, like they put job postings, maybe they'll look for keywords. They'll have a list of profiles, almost like a Google search and they have a list of profiles. And it even says, has this person followed you? Uh-huh. Has this person? So if you're job searching and you know who the hiring manager recruiter is, follow them, maybe post or like some other activity because they can say, oh, yeah. well, this person, Chris follows me. And it's an ego thing. I'm like, oh, Chris must really want the job that she was being so proactive that she started following me. And she's liked some of my contacts. So it says interactive with your activity. Um, so it has all those insights. So now all of a sudden I'm looking at 250 applicants, but only mm-hmm. three follow me and only one probably has the activity. They may focus on some of those and say, yeah. oh, Chris has actually been following and she must be really interested. So that's another differentiator that you can stand out, especially through LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's sort of like elevating your job search, um, activity to another level. And I've always coached people like, you know, you're going to comb the company website or comb the university website and read their mission statement and, and look at, um, you know, their, their values and, and make sure that you're including in your conversation, like ways that you contribute to that. But it's almost like, like do that level, but then go the next level. And if you see names that you, that, you know, are going to be talking to you or that might be doing that, like you said, the interviewing, yeah, go, um, uh, properly troll them on LinkedIn <laughs> and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I love and well, and that just just makes me think like even though I'm not planning on a job search anytime soon, I really love what I'm doing, but I need to keep my LinkedIn profile up to date because people will find me for the podcast or for other things that I do. So, yeah, yeah. super good points. Okay, I want to ask you one more question, and then I want to do some Chicago rapid fire since we have that in common. Okay. Um, I recently listened to Mel Robbins' "Work It Out" on Audible. Okay, it's an it's an exceptional book for women who are looking to sort of you know elevate their career status and it's a lot of good mm-hmm. coaching and advice and stuff like that but she said this thing she said that about 60 to 70% of jobs that are out there are never actually posted do you agree with that um with that data yeah at somewhat um i i mean i've i've read data where it says well not necessarily is that true in essence. Um, I do what I do agree with is that there are jobs that would not be posted or they already have someone 
um, set up for that position, but they just want to go through regular due to equal opportunity regulations. Uh, But yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. So for example, you know, with uh, my, when I was previously working. So after I worked in a hospital setting, I also used to manage Medicaid plans. So I worked for health insurance Okay. and I just talked to one of the leaders and I said, Hey, by the way, this is something I'm interested in um, along the lines. And I was talking to her to connect me to this other person. And I was just having a candid conversation with her telling about my background. You know, like, yeah. what do you think I should be doing? You know, how can I, could you, would you be okay introducing me to this person? And then she calls me two weeks later. She says, I know I introduced you to him and I know you're interested in that job, but I want to hire you. Oh, wow. And it was only internal, uh, but she already told me, Hey, by the way, this is what I'm looking for. I think you'd be great. Uh, I'm going to, I skipped the HR portion of it and just work directly with like the chief medical officer and all these other people within that group. And I ended up interviewing for both roles, but again, it wasn't something that you might've seen on LinkedIn. It was, she told me before it even got posted. She's like, it'll be posted in three to four days. Just wanted to let you know, I want you, are you interested? I can send you the job description before it even gets posted. So amazing. And I mean, I've had this going on with my clients as well. Like I've had clients where they reach out to, maybe they want to work at a startup. They'll reach out to the CEO and they'll have a conversation. They'll say, you know what, actually we are, we're just looking exactly for your talent at the moment. And we were going to be posting this in the next two to three weeks. Why don't we just start the process and I'll have you start meeting people within our team. And some of them have gotten job referrals or job recommendations or the offers through that. So there is a market out there, um, whether that person may be retiring or they're expanding, or maybe they are starting a new product or service, whatever that may be, there are definitely opportunities out there. So if you do have a company that you really want to work at, I highly recommend to start following them, start building those connections because you never know when they might be a job opportunity. Yeah. So I suppose the, in the long story short, the actual rule of thumb is be ridiculously proactive and Mm -hmm. intentional. Like you said at the very beginning with the resume, that's awesome. That's where you get exponential results. Yeah. Love it. I feel like you're going to have to come back on the show because there's like a thousand other questions that I want to ask you. Um, and we are, we are going to do, uh, we're going to do Instagram live the day that this show posts and we'll have some more fun questions and, and connections there. Okay. So I love rapid fire when I find somebody that's. <laughs> I always get nervous with rapid fire. Oh, no, no. This will, this will be easy. These, these are just going to be fun. <clears throat> okay. So we have Chicago in common. Um, let's start with uh, your go to Chicago sports team uh, Cubs. Ah, yes. That's my girl. <laughs> okay. Go to Chicago pizza. Uh, Pequods. Pequods. I've never yes. heard of them. Oh, my God. It's really good. Um, it's like on Lincoln. Southport Lakeview area. There's always like a two hour line. Okay. (laughs) There you go. I'm a, I'm a South side girl with pizza. I like Fox's Beverly pub and it's not deep dish. It's thin crust too, which is a sort of an anomaly. Um, I got to write that down. I have never been there. Fox's Beverly pub. I want to say it's at like Western and a hundred and something. Definitely okay. South side. Um, okay. So you said Cubs. So I'm assuming you're a North side girl, not a South side girl. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Favorite Chicago neighborhood. Uh, I feel like there's so many. I, know. I enjoy Logan Square, South Park, Lakeview, um, Lincoln Park. 
West Loop, depending on what kind of mood. Back in the day, it was River North. Yeah. <laughs> Gold yeah. Coast. Yeah. I, it just depends what mood I'm in. Uh, right. Depends what neighborhood yeah. I can go to. I feel you there. Because some days I just don't want to be anywhere but downtown. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see. Favorite Chicago, favorite Chicago restaurant. Ooh, that's hard. I know. Uh, I should probably give you a genre too. <laughs> favorite Italian restaurant and favorite um, like brew pub restaurant. Okay. So for Italian, I like Ooh. this place called Buena Terra. It's in Logan Square. Okay. Um, there is another place. I can't remember the name of it, but it had amazing minestrone soup and I don't rave about minestrone soup at all, but right? it was amazing. Um, yeah. And you said pub? Yeah, like a, your favorite your favorite bar hangout. I like uh, Cortland's and then um, trying to remember, probably Cortland's, I okay. would say. Um, and I do like the food also at Old Crow, so the barbecue. Oh, <laughs> Especially nice. after having a few beers and <laughs> dancing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, so favorite Chicago date night thing to do? Oh, cooking classes at Sur La Table. My, nice. I love cooking and my husband learns how to cook because I'm trying to teach him more to cook. And, you know, um, Sur La Table, they're like really great. So I've done like barbecue and steak and all these different kinds and it's BYOB. So it's a great date night. And then I get my husband to cook as well. <laughs> That's so fun. Oh my God. Now I need to go back and visit when it's not yeah. winter, obviously. Um, Claudia, this has been so much fun and we're definitely going to get you back on the show to talk about more stuff. Um, where can people find you online on social if they want to work with you, et cetera? Yeah. So my website is Claudia T as in Tom Miller. So Claudia T Miller.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn at Claude LinkedIn forward slash in forward slash Claudia T Miller. <laughs> and there I share a lot of my podcasts and videos and recommendations and tips on how to optimize and how to accelerate your job search. Awesome. I love it. Well, this has been fantastic. You guys, we have been chatting today with Claudia T. Miller, uh, career coach, aficionado, amazingness. And uh, we'll have her back because this was great. Thank you again for downloading today's episode. And I will catch you guys in the next week.